And we're back, folks, another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Glad to be back. I know we've been in an every-other-week rhythm. And really, to be quite honest with you, that has a lot to do uh, with me and the, the film breakdowns. But a revelation. It's called the coach's copy. No longer do I have to go through an entire game, a television broadcast, commercials, and watch both sides of the ball and Way through three, you know, it seems like three minutes between plays. The coach's copy, you can just hit a button and go right to the next play. You can watch all the offense at one time. You get great angles every single time. You get the field view and the end zone view. If you have not watched our breakdowns, trust me when I say they're about to go to another level because we now have the coach's copy or access to it to use in the breakdowns. It also saves a lot of time and can get us back in the every week rhythm for the Recruiting Insider Podcast, where I get with my guys, where I get with the fellas. Starting off first with Mr. Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Good to be back. Great to be back. And, of course, Mr. Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, folks, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it and review it. And then, of course, if you are not subscribed to the Michigan Insider, let me tell you, it is about to get thick. It's about to get hot and heavy as you uh, you – getting to the last couple of visit weekends of the season first Indiana and then Ohio State coming up at the end of the month and then you got a couple of weekends there in December leading into the early signing period it is about to heat up with some big targets left and oh by the way we got a new staff member coming on I get Alejandro Zuniga his name if you haven't heard it before he's the guy that Jim Harbaugh shouted out at his introductory press conference for being the only guy to find out where he was going to land over at Metro Airport. I was waiting on him as he got off the plane. Impressed Jim. Certainly impressed me. He's about to be a part of this team. But, fellas, it's time to jump right in to the action on the recruiting trail. And everyone wants to know about Deion Walker. I know, Bryce, you and I, we went out to see him a couple of weeks ago for the PSL Championship then you went back out to see him. You said, hey, where should I go? Go back out to see him because we don't know if they're, how long their season is going to last. Good that you made it out, Bryce, because, uh, you know, high school career comes to a close. But recruitment, far from uh, a close for Deion Walker. What do you think is going on with him at this point? One of the more, I would say, interesting recruitments, um, I mean, going back to summertime, a lot of people thought, I mean, a lot of some even had commitment stories ran up on him to Michigan. A lot of people just banked that he was coming to Michigan. Um, you know, he had his friends here, he had a lot of connections, knew a lot of the coaching staff. Uh, one big plus for Michigan over the summer and earlier on was the hire of Kling. Um, That was a connection he had at Kentucky that was extremely strong to the point where, I mean, Kentucky was in his top five. They still are. And at this point, that was a huge reason why many people thought Michigan's just going to come out on top. All the connections he has, um, it's close to home. And at the same time, Michigan's making him a top target, top priority, and making him feel like he's the crown jewel, one of the top guys of the class if he were to come to Michigan. Fast forward, Sam, now a couple months later, he still hasn't committed. He's taking more visits um, at this moment, like you said. I just checked him out. It was a tough, tough, tough loss to Fortson. It was a great game between the two teams. Um, it was pouring rain. They lost in overtime, but Dion played great. He didn't have the cast on like he had uh, a couple weeks ago when we saw him, Sam. Um, so that was good to see. Played tough on both sides. And, I mean, 
I know this isn't part of his recruitment, but seeing him, Sam, when we saw him a couple years back to where he finished his high school season, his career, just remarkable. Yeah. I mean, just what he's done. It's a different dude. And he got moved up to the 247 ranking. He's a four-star. 100% deserving of it, too. 100% deserving. He plays like a top 247 player, and it shows. And that's why you have schools like Alabama, Georgia, Michigan still after him. At this point, you know, he talked to me. I said, listen, man, I know you've been talking about your decision timeline. You've kind of been pushing it back. Where are you with things? And he said, listen, I talked to my mom about it. And I'm thinking, you know, my mom said maybe let's look at maybe signing day. Mm-hmm. So this is this is something where people should buckle up, sit back, and go for the ride because this is not a recruitment I see ending anytime soon. He's going to take some more visits. He's going to look at some more schools. I expect Michigan being one. He was actually back for the Northwestern game. He made a surprise visit, uh, but that was maybe more so. He just came up with his teammates. A lot of cast tech teammates were there. His head coach was there, so – Maybe it was more of that. I asked him about that trip. He said, as always, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the coaches. And seeing him walk pregame along the sideline, they knew he was there. I mean, Sean Newick greeted him. Sean Larkins greeted him. Courtney Morgan greeted him. I mean, all of the coaches came up to him. Mm-hmm. And definitely you could see he's the top guy, the top guy on campus. But at the moment, and Alan posted about this by lowering his confidence, Kentucky has made a huge push to where I don't know. I mean, at this point, I and I asked him because there was stuff out there that they might possibly lead at this point. He said right now it's 50-50 and they actually do lead. He wasn't sure if he wanted to go and say if they were his leader, but he did make it clear that they're definitely high in his mind and a school he's highly considering at this point. So in my opinion, it looks more like a Michigan-Kentucky battle with Alabama lurking. Alabama still monitoring him very closely. And if they wanted to make a jump and really push, you know, it's tough to say no to Nick Saban as well. So this is what I think it's going to keep going. But at the same time, with one Michigan laid down on the foundation of this recruitment with Clank, with Coach Hart, which Bellamy, of all these guys, it might still be one where I don't see me to flip my pick. I still like Michigan here in the end, but it's one that's definitely tightened up. Yeah, so a couple of things, man. I I agree that Kentucky has become a huge, huge factor. I, you know, you always got to keep Alabama in that mix because it's Bama, right? But I, I just think he's a relationship kid. Bryce, I mean, you've been talking to him for a while. I think relationships would be so huge, and I, I actually think that that will trump, that will usurp the, the lure, the pull of Bama. Steve, you made the point uh, the last time we talked about Deion. Is it, like you, you, you almost would rather – Alabama is farther away. You know, you know they're going to have 250 defensive tackles on the roster, right? You almost would rather Bama be the team rising as opposed to Kentucky. And I know Missouri was a team that's lurking. I know they came out to see them a little while back. They think they they have a shot to to really get in there. But Kentucky has emerged as a real problem for Michigan, uh, they, and, and it's the relationships that he's forged down there. I think that for Michigan at this point. I think fortifying or, or reminding him, reminding him of the feeling that he had when things were, were trending so close to a commitment in the summer, right? You guys, you were at Ferris State. I mentioned this when I was on the radio today. At Ferris State, when I was shooting pictures of the coaches, Deion Walker was always in the freaking pictures. 
Like I can show you every it's like every picture I have of Michigan of a Michigan coach, Deion Walker is in the picture. Like he was with the coaches, seeming like they were like all day. And Michigan staff wasn't the only staff that was there. There were coaching staffs from all over the Midwest, all over the country even. But he was camped out with them like he was a commitment. And so that's, you know, that is the feeling that I'm talking about that I don't know if he feels it as strong right now. You know, talking to some people that were were there, you guys know I was out on the West Coast for the, uh, you know, checking in on some guys, Zeke Berry. Well, I'll talk a little bit about them a little bit later on in the show. So I missed my first home game in 10, 15 years so I could get that Cali trip in. But I talked to some people that were there at the game, and they said, you know, he just, you know, he was there, but he didn't feel like, it didn't feel like, it didn't seem like he was as dialed in as he has been past times he was on campus. Like, he was feeling it as much. He was there, but he wasn't like, rah, rah, like like before. So they have to get him on campus more. They have to get him on campus at a time where they could spend time with him. They got to get him on campus where he can spend time, more time with the players. That's why I think, you know, whether it's getting them on, on campus for O-State or really getting them on campus for, you know, one or one of those weekends after Ohio State, I think is absolutely huge. Not because he hasn't seen everything at Michigan already. He has. There's nothing that they can show him that he hasn't seen. It's about the relationships at this point and fortifying those. And that's why I think the longer this goes – and you reported this, Bryce, and you just talked about the the timeline, the decision timeline. I think that's better for Michigan, Steve. I think having this be a little bit elongated so they can get them on campus another time or two works in Michigan's favor. I think a quicker decision works against them because I do think he's feeling Kentucky, not enough to make me switch my crystal ball, but enough to feel like, hey, it's really in doubt. And, and so this gives Bellamy – uh, so this gives Ron, this gives Court, and this especially gives uh, and knew it, but this especially gives Steve Klinkscale some time to really work on reeling this back in in the way that I think Michigan needs to at this point. Another thing for Kentucky, you have two Detroit natives playing on the interior line defensively, probably helps their case a little bit. That's what's like. I agree, Kentucky, kind of one of those worst case scenario type teams to be involved in a recruitment like this. They're having a, another pretty strong year. I think they lost on Saturday, but um, they're having a really good year for the most part. Mark Stoops is, has built a, a program there and uh, some guys from his hometown are, are excelling at his future, likely future position. I know so we think that uh, he could be an offensive tackle at the next level too, but yeah, I agree. It's weird. It's gone from being better for him to decide soon to, being better for him to decide later, you know, like initially when the delay, he kind of delayed, it felt like it was uh, imminent for a while there, maybe late summer. Then he kind of, kind of holds off. You're like, well, that that's not a, uh, never a good thing when a heavy lean maybe delays, whether it's a really significant reason or even a a minimal one. Uh, But now it's back to, yeah, now it's kind of a battle of attrition again. You know, Michigan clearly has a need up front, you know, that they have two guys right now working on a couple others along with Walker. They really want to fortify, uh, you know, their interior line. And, you know, the pitches for Michigan should still be the same. There's there's opportunity. Uh, there's ample opportunity for them. Even with Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham in the fold, there's still ample opportunity for a kid like, like Walker, who the other thing that you guys said I think is important with him 
has like ascended the entire time. That's what the interesting with him and Graham both are like ascending to where they have continued to kind of go up the rankings, but honestly is as highly ranked as both of them are. They may not actually end up being ranked as highly as they should by the end of the process, you know, like where that ascension kind of ends from a ranking standpoint, whereas these guys are continuing to get better and better their senior season. So, um, you know, he's still a, as big a target as he's ever been for them. Uh, maybe even a little more so just knowing that they really need uh, depth and skill uh, in the interior defensive line. Yeah, no doubt. Huge, huge target because he, his upside is tremendous. He's an in-state guy. Uh, he's from, he's from Detroit. And this is the first test of the post, you know, the post Wilcher cast tech. You know, it's not like Wilcher was pushing guys to Michigan. He wasn't. He made it. Look, if, if he's pushing guys to Michigan, I mean, the last couple of cast guys uh, that came out of there wouldn't be at Penn State right now, right? So, you know, it, that wasn't the case. But what you did have with Wilcher there is you, you always had a quick, fast, and in a hurry way of finding out if things are slipping and why things are slipping. And I think the why for, for Michigan is a little bit of a mystery. I mean, is it, it was it the, the Mario thing? I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. You know, I don't think it's – or it's certainly not just that. You know, is are they being negative recruited by Kentucky? They they might, but I don't think it's just that. It's, it's probably a combination of factors. And so this, I think, is where it, the, the, the loss of a plug really, really kind of is, is – this is the first test. Now, you do have Dave Dawson there. You know, Dave Dawson, former, former Wolverine. Uh, and so you can you can maybe get a little insight there. But it's not like it, it used to be. So this is a real test, and and we'll see if Steve Klinkscale can reel this one back in for the maize and blue and back in. I'm saying that with emphasis. Reel it back in for Michigan. We'll see if it if it works out. Speaking of of reeling guys in, so the receiver board, right? Are they reeling a target back in? Well, and by a back in, I mean Darius Clemens, big time receiver. From out west, got a lot of attention here with a recent report from Brandon Huffman, Steve, that, you know, we were making, uh, it was having a conversation about here in the lead into the podcast, sort of making it known that he's considering Michigan for an official visit. This is a, this is a big time development for the Maize and Blue if they can get him on campus. This is a mid-year guy going to have to make a decision real soon. Man, if you can get them on campus, you might have a shot there. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, it's Oregon and Auburn have been like pretty much, I think Penn State to a lesser extent, but it's been Oregon, Auburn here for a while. Um, and there's no indication that either of those two schools have cooled off on him or slowed down their recruitment. Uh, but as you guys know, we talked about him a lot earlier in the process. Michigan has a, a, let's say a growing ace in their sleeve mm-hmm. with Andrew Anthony. Mm-hmm. There's that prior relationship there, but then you see what he did on Saturday. Um, if those two are in communication at all, there's no doubt that Andrew Anthony is super amped and hyped about uh, the Michigan offense and, and the ability to, the, the opportunity to play right away, you know, which is, is another spot we'll see at receiver next year, but you know, there's still, I think room for uh, a, the right guy to come in right away and play like Anthony did on Saturday. So again, I, I don't, it's not one, I don't, I don't think expectations should be uh, super, super high here necessarily. And like you said, Sam, they got to get them up uh, to even have a puncher's chance here, but 
but still worth noting uh, that they are kind of going back in with him um, as they are in the, as they're still recruiting just a, a couple other guys at that spot too. Yeah. For, for those who don't recall uh, whether it's from past stories or even listening to the podcast, a, a guy who grew up here in Michigan, right? Very, very close to Andre Anthony. That's his guy. They were best friends. They were still in communication. Andre was really recruiting him when Michigan was in the mix and, the Wolverines fell off a little bit, and he he eliminated them. Uh, you know, got down to a, a final three, but things picked back up. Uh, and I talked to his dad about it about three or four weeks ago, and and this was this is really Darius sort of leading the way on it. Now Michigan reached out, but he said, you know, he's he's not pushing. I think Dad sort of you know has some connections. He does not want to influence it though. Doesn't want to influence him in a way that makes, that amplifies Michigan's appeal beyond what it is to him. But they were watching the Michigan-Michigan State game. They saw Andrell get open. You know, by, by get open, I mean he got a crease and he outran the entire defense. It was, I think there were a lot of people surprised that Andrell could pick him up and put him down like that. Now, you know, the, the Clemenses, they weren't surprised by it. They were impressed by it, for sure, and it, it definitely – gave them uh it, it it was impressive it was impressive that a you got a freshman playing because early playing time is the thing uh that that andrell uh you know that he was a target for the quarterback because they looking at quarterback play uh as well so these are things that that give michigan some possibilities like i gotta see them actually get a visit scheduled before i say hey, this is something to get really excited about. We will just put it in the category of something that make, something to keep an eye on. The one to get excited about or to remain excited about, to me, is Amarion Walker. Now, it's been uh, since before the last podcast, uh, you know, that, that I you know, last spoke about him. Uh, but I, I took a trip. I had a trip planned for the bye week. Some family things came up. I couldn't travel. And so I tried to squeeze everything in the following week. It happened that they were playing a Thursday game down in New Orleans. So I went down there, checking on where things stood prior to his visit to South Bend. He was going back for the SC game. Went back for the SC game, had a good time. Loves those coaches up there. Has great bonds. Remains committed to Notre Dame. But it was clear to me, guys. That Michigan is very strong, very strong in that recruitment. He talks to Jim Harbaugh every day. And so I made sure to wait until after the visit to run those stories for a reason. Because you wanted to make sure that he, you know, he went on that visit and he still felt the same way about Michigan that he did before he took that visit to, to Notre Dame. And I talked to I got I was in contact with with Mari in contact with Dad. Nothing changed, and so that's why I ran the story afterwards. Like, well, why did you wait to run the story? Because I wanted to make sure you know you could go on a visit and it could completely turn and flip, and he wants to stick with Notre Dame for sure. He has not made that decision yet. Now uh, they told me, and Mari said that he wants the focus to be on his season. Wanted to wait until. Uh, after the season to maybe come up with something. I, I think that that's the timeline 
Again, I'm throwing some speculation in there because he has not given me a firm date. But I think that the timeline is sort of wait until for them to get to the end of their season. And then he decides once and for all, is it going to be Notre Dame or is it going to be Michigan? But like I said on in the stories that I wrote the week after his visit to Notre Dame, he went on that visit. He had a great time, likes those coaches up there, got home, and the contact with Michigan p- picked right back up. He's on the phone with Ron Bellamy, on the phone with Klinkscale and Gaddis, and talks to Harbaugh every day. Every day. On the phone with Harbaugh this week. Harbaugh's on the phone with his dad this week. They talk all the time. I don't know about you, Bryce Marich, but if you're talking to the Michigan coach every day, if he's talking to the family, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm still feeling really good about my crystal ball there. No lessening of the strength after the Notre Dame visit. That's just a sign. A, they're worried. B, he is still a guy for them. And then C, they know they have got to try to lock that in, lock that back down. They got some work to do because Michigan is coming. Yeah, I I completely agree with that stance. And like you said, I mean, I'm I'm more curious what what they talk to Jim Harbaugh about every day. Like, I mean, I can't be X's and O's every day, right? Well, he's you know he sort of talked about that. If if you haven't watched the interviews, uh, you know they're obviously still up. You can check them out if you missed them. Uh, the the interview with Dad is VIP. You can get in for a dollar. Uh, very revel- revelatory with, uh, you know, Dad talking about his relationship with the coaches, what Mom thinks of Michigan. Really, really insightful from Dad. But he said, hey, man, talking to Mari now, he said, I, I talk to the coaches. about. I-, I go over my game film with them. I go over my games and talk about what I need to do better and how it could work and how I might look at Michigan. They're, hey, this week they're talking about, hey, Andre Anthony and how that looks and, and look at this freshman, and you could be on the other side. And you talk about how that influenced Darius Clemens. Uh, Marion Walker's looking at that, too. So that's what they talk. I mean, regular conversations. You know, hey, how many catches you have this week? I only had three. I uh, mean, I wish I had more balls. Well, look, man, it's, did you win? Yeah, Coach, I won. Well, hey, then that's the main thing, right? And it's what you do with the three balls. Not that you got three balls. Right, that's that's the conversation. I'm giving you what they're relaying to me. So it's like regular stuff, Bryce. And that that right there, Steve, is another thing. You know, you're calling them up, and they aren't talking recruiting. You're having regular conversations. I just think that bodes well for Michigan. It's always one of the first. Like it's it's always a a good tell. I feel like in a lot of recruitments, when the conversation isn't about football and, and recruiting and, and other schools and stuff like that, that it's just that type of talk. I remember Donovan Edwards was one recruitment. I think it was quietly, you know, it became more than football. It became just personal conversations on a consistent basis. You know, Cause at the end of the day, it's about building comfortability. You know, a lot of these guys are talented enough to where, wherever they go, they're probably going to succeed uh, in football, but it's about being somewhere where you feel comfortable with the people you know, and I think a lot of these guys, like somebody like Walker, let's say, who's been recruited for how long, you know, you get tired of those types. I can imagine you get tired of those kind of conversations uh, day in and day out. So always the right road to take, in my opinion. Uh, I think it builds goodwill between the, the the program and the parent, the family, you know, to to make it less about recruiting and more about, you know, family and just, just general conversation. Like if we were to all talk on the phone, you know, uh, so yeah, smart strategy. And, and again, Walker underrated uh 
just looks like a, a stud out there, big time, big time um, addition for whoever ends up signing him at the end of the day. Yeah, man, it's a it's a huge, huge recruitment for Michigan. He is clearly the top receiver target. I mean, you still got to look around, still got to keep an eye out for what might emerge, understanding that you don't have to panic. I mean, even even if you felt like things were slipping with the Marion Walker, which I don't feel like things are slipping with the Marion Walker, even if you felt like that. I mean, the portal, bro, the, the portal is a real thing. It may not be the the kind of tool for Michigan that it can be for other schools like Michigan State. I mean, Michigan is just not going to be able to use the portal like that, but you're going to be able to use it, uh, and you had better be. As as more schools, as more coaches uh, get let go. I mean, you mean to tell me I'm looking at LSU's roster. I'm looking at TCU's roster. I'm looking at Texas Tech's roster. You, I, I'd be shocked if you weren't already looking at USC's roster. Man, you are looking around and seeing what is out there, seeing what you can fill in with. So that's why I think that the panic over any misses you might have in a recruiting class, I think they're going to be – uh, lesser for at the big schools anyway. They're gonna be lesser now uh, because they they know that there's gonna be an alternative method out there to to filling some of the holes. And in some in some instances, it's gonna be a better method of filling some of these holes. So time will tell on that. But look, I I feel really good about a Marion Walker. I might even we'll we'll see if I increase the speed. It's already pretty strong, but I I feel like Michigan is in really good shape with a Marion Walker, and that's post visit post visit to Notre Dame. But another one, now this gets into the 23s, guys. So, you know, got a a Twitter mention the other day from James Brown. That is Jalen Brown's dad, right? So the number two receiver in the country in the class of 2023 has been a priority for Michigan since before he was the number two receiver, when he was a three-star. Uh, and you're wondering why is the one of the fastest guys in the country, regardless of class, a three-star? Well, need to see him in updated action, and once our guys did, he shot up the list to number two on the board. Now he has everyone in the country chasing him, and I think Michigan is at or near the top of his list. That is important with him being on the verge of narrowing down his list. That was the message from Dad on Twitter that not only is his son on the verge of trimming his list down, Stephen Bryce, but that a decision could be not far behind. And I'm telling you, Michigan is in great shape. He's taken two visits to Michigan. So he visited in the summer. Then he came back for the Washington game. Now comes word, guys, that they are trying hard to come back for the Ohio State game. Like they're looking at flights, trying to get it arranged where they can come back for the Ohio State game. Now, nothing's set in stone, but if he makes up for a third visit, fellas, what did I tell you? Steve, what does that tell you about where Michigan is? And that's not a, that's not going to Florida State. That's not going down the street to Miami. If you make a third visit to Michigan, that that tells you just how strong Michigan is on his on his list at this point. This is why you recruit the best areas in the country as hard as you can still. Because look at the each of the Florida programs right now. This is such to, it's to Michigan's benefit in such a big way that all three of Miami, Florida, and Florida State are in disarray. I mean, none of them, like uh, Florida fans hate Dan Mullen right now. Manny Diaz may not be back next season. Who knows what's going on in Tallahassee? Uh, That's been a roller coaster ride ever since Norvell got hired. So yeah, Jalen Brown, I mean, he's different. Uh, 
I think there's a clear one. I think him and Carnell Tate are the top two receivers in that cycle. And I, I think they might be the top two by a safe distance. So yeah, the connections we taught you, I know Sam, you did the deep dive with the Desmond Howard stuff uh, at the earlier, at the onset of his recruitment with Michigan, you know, there are other connections there for him that it's, it's not just kind of a random deal for a kid from Miami to be so interested in Michigan, but yeah, you get him back up again. Was that, I think, was it Courtney Morgan talked about got to get out of area guys up at least twice in a, in a, in a recruitment, if you're going to have any kind of shot. So get him up for a third time. And if his timeline is condensed, you know, in any way, shape or form, that's the other thing is wonder is like there is everyone in the pro in the, in the country is after him, but it's really, is always almost always been mentioned that it was Michigan and a couple of the Florida schools, whether it was you know, Florida state was mentioned consistently. Uh, I feel like one of Miami of Florida was, was mentioned in there as well. It's like, I don't really know who else. I think Notre Dame maybe is kind of recruiting him too. Uh, but either way, if he was choosing today, I, I mean. I think it would be Michigan, told, Steve. Right. If someone told me to put in a crystal ball, I think it would be for Michigan. Yeah. I mean, as, as funny as that is to say, I mean, you know, it just feels like Michigan has a, a lot more going for it right now than the other programs that have been kind of uh, named when people talk about him. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's something else. I Bro. mean, he's just a elite and they were watching the michigan michigan state game too it's funny how even in defeat you can depending on how you look it could be impressive and then that that andre anthony performance definitely made an impression but they they already thought highly of michigan anyway you know desmond not that he was recruiting for michigan but they would owe they would owe desmond a debt of gratitude because desmond desmond <laughs> i mean desmond put Jalen Brown on Michigan's radar. Like Jalen Brown wasn't on Michigan's radar. And he's like, what are you, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Obviously there's been a turnover in recruit staff then, but you know, I, I sense that, that Des was a little, uh, was a little frustrated in the early going. It's like, I know talent when I see it, y'all need to be on this cat. And of course uh, that the old recruiting staff did get the ball rolling, but the new role, the new staff has been, has kept it rolling in a huge way. Now, we talk about, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh talking to to Amarion Walker every day. Josh Gaddis is on this on the phone with Jalen Brown at least once a week, at least once a week. Uh, Nate Crutchfield is on the phone with Jalen Brown all the time. I mean, this is – this is, is, is you mentioned Carnell Tate. So, during the bye week, we covered that Gaddis was at Day, Dane Key's game. Uh, he went down to see Dane Key before Dane Key committed to Kentucky. But there was a second leg to that trip. So he went to see Carnell Tate at, at IMG, and then he wound up that night at down in Miami at Jalen Brown's game. I mean, they were sending me – his AD is from Michigan. You know, shot me a message. It's a picture of Gattis. Gattis is at the game. I mean, they took notice. So this is a guy. This is a dude. And Gattis has been on him with, with both feet uh, and staying on him, and it's – it may reap some positive dividends if this timeline winds up being condensed. So a huge, huge development, one to keep an eye on. And the thing to really watch with J- – with, I was about to say James Brown is that, but the thing to really watch with Jalen Brown is does he make it back up for that Ohio State game? That would be absolutely huge for the maize and blue. But speaking of visits, we'll get to upcoming visits. There are two more visit weekends in season uh, you know, some names added to the list, some names added to the offer list. We'll get to those on the other side with, with Bryce and, and Steve. So stay tuned for that. More Michigan Recruiting Insider on the other side.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, fellas, so, uh, you know, these last couple of games, home games of the season, gives you an opportunity to get some more guys on campus. Going to have some guys on campus for Indiana, and we know Ohio State is going to be huge. But as far as recent additions go, Bryce, uh, who are some guys that fans need to be on the lookout for? Well, let's start with the Indiana game. Like you said, Sam, um, we'll start with actually two committed guys elsewhere uh both they're actually both teammates from uh powder springs georgia down there michigan recently offered um you talked about that wide receiver board well they added a name caleb webb six two and a half 185 he's committed to east carolina now here's the thing louisville and uh tennessee have been on him extremely hard to the point of where he just took back-to-back visits to tennessee followed that up with a visit to louisville he gets the offer to Michigan about a week or so ago, and now he's officially set to take a visit to Michigan this upcoming week. So he's a guy, though, that has extremely good speed. He ran a 10-9-1 in the 100 meters, so this guy can fly. Um, and Michigan's – the thing with him, they've been monitoring him for some time now, Sam, but I think how the board is shaking out with the Trent uh, decommitment and then also Tyler Morris's injury – which he is ahead of the curve, but that is a tough injury still to come back from. They need another wide out in this class. And so they're making sure regardless of walk or whatever happens with him, they have that board where they can go to other guys if need be. So he's one name to keep an eye on this weekend. His teammate, Bryce Archie, 6'2", 175, uh, 175 pounds. He's committed to Coastal Carolina. Again, a guy that's under the radar. He's been playing extremely good his senior season. And uh, I know Michigan has committed Jaden Denigal right now committed from out there in California, who I saw. Very efficient quarterback. But I think Michigan at this point, man, I, they want another quarterback in this class. They've kind of flirted with that for some time now with Justin Martin, who now committed elsewhere to UCLA. But I think if they want to take a second one, this is the guy to watch. This guy, he's also expected – for the, you know, this upcoming weekend for Indiana. Um, and he's a guy that, again, they've been keeping monitor, keeping tabs on, and they really like his game, how he's um, improved as well. So those are two names in another 2024 on Washington, D.C., St. John's. Um, Jordan Seaton, I mean, 6'5", 300 pounds. Number uh, one player in D.C., number 100 player nationally, according to 24-7. Just a road grader. He mulls guys. I mean, interior just takes on guys, knocks them down. You can tell he looks to part physically impressive. These are three names. They're gonna we're gonna have more. We've already added more already for this weekend. But those are three names to watch coming up this uh, that are gonna be on campus for Michigan and uh, definitely guys that Michigan likes as well. Uh, as far as new offers go, Steve, any any ones you find particularly intriguing here of late? I mean, Caleb Webb was the guy that I was going to mention just because I, I think he's very underrated. Um, 
I someone on the board mentioned Amara Darbo vibes in his film. I, I think maybe he's a little bit longer, uh, but but he's a guy I wouldn't be sleeping on for Michigan necessarily. I mean, to, to set your visit less than a week, or I'm sorry, less than 24 hours. I think it was the conver- same conversation he got offered uh, that he uh, set his official visit. That's a good sign, obviously. And, and not only that, I, I would caution like people that, you know, East, East Carolina commitment. Uh, he's got six or seven SEC offers. He's got uh, Ole Miss is very heavy after him, uh, as are Tennessee and South Carolina. So, you know, not a guy I would look at. You see East Carolina commit, you get kind of discouraged or whatever. Um, you know, not something I, would, I wouldn't look at, the, at that way. He's an 88 rating for us, and he has multiple SEC schools. Um, another another offer I really liked was the uh, other receiver, the kid they offered out of Texas in 23. Bryce, I think you spoke to him. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a Sigo Asamigo. One of it's a, a Samuel. Um, another kid. I somehow you turn on a guy's film and you, you think you know this guy shouldn't be ranked where he is. I know we talked about that a lot. Uh, this is another one. This guy in 23 uh, looks like a a stud and. Uh, what you like about his early offer sheet, Stanford, Northwestern. Um, I want to say there might've been even like an Ivy league school uh, on the early offer sheet means the kid's usually not only serious about academics, but has the academics to um, you know, we're getting in and stuff won't be an issue. So my, might be a name to watch in 23. You know, we talk about Jalen Brown, Malik Elzey, I think is another guy out of the Chicago area that Michigan is, has been really high on uh, might be able to add him to the list as well. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's gonna get real thick. I, I mentioned that before. Really, really thick. Really interesting. If you aren't on the MichiganInsider.com yet, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I mean, we're leveling up staff wise at Alejandro, and then you are going to get some really compelling recruiting storylines here down the stretch. So I mentioned my West Coast trip. You know, started out in New Orleans. A couple of weeks ago, the, the plan was that whole trip was like setting up for a massive podcast update. Uh, and so I'm going to preview some of that now. Uh, first things first, Mason Graham. Fellas, when I say one of the most impressive motors I've, I've seen on a prospect, he is relentless. His motor is as good as I've seen on any lineman since I've been doing this. And I've been doing it a long time. Now that I don't want to I don't say that to suggest that he's just some tryhard guy. He's talented. I mean he's really strong. He has good burst. His technique is really, really good. He's not the twitchy guy that a that a Walter Nolan is or a guy like that, but really, really strong and quick uh, and pairs it with good leverage and technique. I mean he's a guy I don't know what you think about this, Bryce. I know you you talk to him and you follow along with the defensive line board a lot. But I think that this is a kid that, based on his work ethic, he's an early enrollee too, a chance to get acclimated to, to school and the team early. I think this is a kid that could could possibly play out the gate. He's one of my sleepers, Sam. And I we, we actually talked about him before the podcast, and we also said – there's a reason other schools are still recruiting him. It's not like Michigan can now just coast and, you know, sign him on signing day and no prompts. You still have USC, Oregon, a bunch of other schools still 
pushing extremely hard because they see what you see, Sam, a guy that just is not a good, you know, oh, he's got a great motor. He can do a lot. You know, I think one of the most impressive things when I watch his film is he's playing both ways too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's playing both ways and he's not playing the sisters of the poor. He's playing, you know, Bosco and, you know, modern day. And he's, he's in the Trinity league in California, which is regarded as the toughest conference and all of America of high school football. And for him to do what he's doing is flat out impressive. You know, I think that's why Greg Biggins and others have ranked him and kept ranking him higher and higher. Yeah, I put the – I mean, some some of you who follow the site closely know I put the video, uh, the interview with some highlights spliced in. I put that up on the site a little while ago. I just hadn't put it in the story yet. So if you, if you watch that, you'll see – uh, you'll see some of the motor. Now we got the full highlights from that from that game coming too, uh, as a matter of fact. But I, just to give you a snippet, just to give you a snippet of of a couple of things. Number one, I asked him about his motor. Does he ever get tired? Because it, it's just like, man, how do you do it? So here here he is. Yeah, I mean, I get tired, but I mean, I'm trained like for the past few years. I've been starting both ways, so I just been trained like survive the program weightlifting program, just football program in general, just prepare me well for this moment. So. Yeah, and so then I, you know, like you said, Bryce, other schools see what I see. And so I said, look, man, you know, they keep coming. They aren't going to stop. Other schools are, are, are chasing harder. What are you telling them? It seems like other schools are kind of picking up the intensity of their interest now. Is that the fact that other schools kind of coming hard at you now? Yeah, like Oregon, USC, like they're coming pretty hard on me, but I'm solid with Michigan, so we're good. So have they tried to convince you to come visit or anything like that at least? Yeah, Oregon keeps on like trying to get me to go to games. I'm like, I'm solid with Michigan, and Oregon wants me um, to come and visit, but I was like, no, thank you, I'm good, thank you. So, <laughs> so at least, at least Bryce, you're right. They can't rest on their laurels, but they got a kid who seems pretty, pretty strong in his commitment at this point. As long as they don't get complacent, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna hold on to this kid. Yeah, and he's a guy I think Sam too could play year one. I think that highly of him. You know, I spoke very highly on the last podcast about Colston Loveland, and I think he's a future pro. Well, Mason Graham, I don't know. I would go that extent, but I think he definitely is a possibly day one contributor. I think he's got that much potential. I think he will see the field for Michigan in year one. And I think he will make an impact. You know, Michigan, I don't know if they have a guy like that on roster right now. And so I think he's got that potential. Yeah, man, you you like a guy like this in the room, Steve. I mean, that's so I think we all think he's really, really talented. So he he'll impact the team in that way. But when you got a guy with this kind of motor, that just is just nonstop every single play. Think about what that does to the room, Steve. I mean, if you got any guy that doesn't go hard, put him next to this guy, and it's going to make them go harder. Isn't it, isn't it kind of interesting in the matter of a few months, Graham all of a sudden feels like one of Michigan's like three or four most important commitments that they have in this class. Uh, he's ascending in the rankings. He has the motor you talk about sandwich. Yeah, you talk about you get in the film room, get in the practice field. That's like that's potential, like that's future leader mm-hmm. of the defense type stuff. Um, yeah, just a kid that we weren't that nobody was really talking about. He was a Boise State commitment before he uh flipped to Michigan. You know, all of a sudden now he's like he's gotta be one of the the handful of most important guys 
uh, that they have in the boat in this cycle. And uh, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't think based on how he's looked, what you guys have said about him and what we see Greg Biggins continuously writing about him. I don't think he's done moving up. Uh, I think he's going to keep going, you know, and, and his composite score. So we have him as a four star top two, four, seven, his composite score at an 87 is a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that That is like, you know, we've talked about that. But we talk about that before. We're like, you know, guys that are underrated that in 87 for him is an absolute travesty. Um, it, it makes you not want to follow the, the composite that closely in some instances, when you see something like that, uh, we are way ahead of the curve on where he is compared to everybody else. And um, to people that follow the rankings closely, if, if the other uh, outlets follow suit or not, this, this is one I would flat out ignore. Uh, We're all over him 24 seven is, and and yeah, he's a, he's a stud. It's just, um, yeah, this is what we talk about with COVID too, that there were going to be guys that were going to pop up late, you know, maybe didn't get the junior season, the opportunity to really showcase their abilities, you know, and, and Michigan has ended up capitalizing on one of what's going to end up being one of the premier cases of that with Graham, you know, as a guy who credit to Boise state for finding him as early as they did, because that's, that's a good, that's excellent work by them. Um, kind of stinks when you have to you end up setting the table for the bigger schools in a way, but uh, either way, you know, Michigan, good scouting, Obviously, good recruiting work here to, to get it wrapped up as quickly as they did. And, and then also good continued recruiting work to keep him hanging on. You have you have a school in his backyard, USC, which we know USC is really bad. Um, but Oregon, you know, top five, top six team, in, you know, closer to home, all over him as well. And uh, he hasn't shown any sign of budging yet. So what a valuable commitment to have in your class all of a sudden. Right. And talking to Damani Jackson. By the way, he and and he, you'll see, you'll see if you haven't watched the interview, you'll see him talk about it. We got a a story coming with, and I'll I'll give a Damani update here in the podcast before we before we go because uh, Mason Graham's team, Servite played Modern Day that weekend, and he he ran into Damani, and I you know ran into the to the Jacksons while I was there, Uh, so I'll, I'll share a little bit of that before we get out of the podcast. But before we do. Uh, you were talking about Mason Graham shooting up in the rankings and, and 24-7 being the, ahead of the curve on him. There, 24-7 has been ahead of the curve on Zeke Berry. I saw Zeke Berry in NorCal before I went down to SoCal. And very impressive. Guys, he, I mean, the dude did everything. He ran the ball. He threw the ball. He caught the ball. Uh, and then on defense, I mean, he he was a ball hawk. They, he was really involved in there. Uh, in, in the front seven from a blitz capacity. I mean, he was just all over the football field. Legit six foot six one. Looks like he's in the in the one ninety range right now. Reminds me a lot of of, of RJ Moten with overall athleticism. RJ's probably a bit bigger. Uh and and Zeke is probably a bit faster. And so but this is one of those jack of all shirts. He would be the kind of guy you would use him like you use a Dax. I think I mentioned that before. He's not he's not foot speed, and very few guys can run like Dax. So I'm not saying that he's uh, Dax speed wise, but just the versatility, physical enough to be in the run game, quick enough to give you some man to man coverage, smart enough to to quarterback your defense if you need him to. Ultra versatile, every bit looked every bit like the number sixty three player 
in the country for, to me. And Michigan very much, very much in the mix. And the reason why, the top reason why, the the vibe that they feel with Courtney Morgan. So I talked to Zeke a little bit about that. And so this is this is Zeke talking about talking about Courtney. Oh, I mean he cool. He from LA. So like he from he from, he from out here. So I mean he cool he a cool dude, cool dude. I like him. I like him a lot. Me and my brother do. He cool dude. And, and so we, we talk about his relationship with the entire staff. Now this guys, this is a Michigan Oregon battle. Now they he has a Michigan visit at that last check he hadn't set it in stone, but a Michigan visit is coming up. The family, in my opinion, the family likes Michigan a lot. I know his brother Dante likes Michigan a lot. I I, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but one of the things they said when they watch the breakdowns that I do at Vans Bedford, Steve, he said they sit down and they watch them the in their entirety every week. I man, I don't know about you. I'm not watching. I'm not sitting down watching breakdowns of some school that I don't like a whole lot. The whole thing, he's watching them every week. So that that in and of itself says a lot about the interest in Michigan. Now, I would say that Oregon, because he's been there, you got to give them a, a slight edge because of familiarity. He hasn't been to Michigan yet. But, man, if he comes to Michigan and really likes it, this is one – that you'll see me put a, a quick crystal ball in. I just can't do it right now because he hasn't been to campus yet, Steve. I said a more compact Kalik Hudson. I don't know if that – That works. Remember, Kalik yeah. did a lot of different things when he was in high school and, and uber athletic for his size. So, uh, yeah, again, like you said, totally on top of his ranking. I don't know what he is composite. He might be a four-star now just because we have him ranked so high. Uh, but either way, yeah, I don't <laughs> – uh, watching breakdowns for uh, any school, that's usually a good indicator uh, that they're definitely taking serious interest uh, in, in the program. So he's he's won another one, uh, kind of a late. Now, Greg and Brandon, I think we're ahead of the curve with him, obviously, but, but not a guy that really nationally was getting a ton of coverage, let's say six, seven months ago. Uh, sort of surprising because he plays at De La Salle, uh, I think one of the bigger – more historic right. powerhouse programs in, in California. Right. And, and, and that's the other thing about this recruitment that I've kind of kept in my back pocket is Michigan has a great, great relationship with that program. Uh, you talk about Devin Asiasi. Uh, it's just a program that they've recruited for a long time. And, and I, I know Jay Harbaugh is a guy that has a really good relationship with the staff out there. You know, could, I, I'd be shocked if he's not involved in this recruitment in some capacity, you know, so, so that's something to keep in mind as well. And, and yeah, Two team battle, and he hasn't been to the other. He hasn't seen the campus of one of the programs yet. A lot of times that can bode well uh, for that program that hasn't been seen yet, because you know Michigan staff, support staff are building up to make sure when he does show up that it's going to be as impressive as possible. Because we talk about Morgan wanting guys to get up twice. This might not be a situation where that's going to be feasible. I assume he's going to have to decide before yeah. you know he's going to be able to come back twice. So uh, yeah, no stud. Would really think about that defensive back, the oh. potential of a defensive backfield <laughs> class if you had this kid in there too. You know, he's not even really one that we have we had talked so heavily about. Um, you know, but but add him in and you see where he's ranked and, and rated and, and what he can do. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, man. So be on the lookout for for that. 
from Zeke got highlights in that. I mean, like he had two like 30 plus yard passes. He had three 25 plus yard runs. He caught a ball that he took for about 40. He's just, I mean, the dude is an athlete. He's a straight athlete. And then you talk about relationships. So I'll share a little bit of intel here on the podcast that we will, that I'll be putting in an intel report on the show or on the site. Well, another big relationship, Matt Gutierrez. And that was a plug because, as you'll hear his brother Dante say, you know, Matt Gutierrez has a couple of former teammates on Michigan staff. And so I asked, his, you know, asked Dante, I said, man, how did they get on Zeke so fast? So, we, uh, uh, Matt Gutierrez was a quarterback at uh, Gettysau, and, you know, he's contacted us and, you know, and let, allowed us to know about the program and how great of a program it was. And, you know, Courtney Morgan actually played with him and Ron Bellamy, and it was just a great connection. And, you know, they sat down and explained to my mom life after football, you know, just being a Michigan grad and what that uh, degree can do for you, you know, besides football. I mean, every conversation has nothing to do with football. It's all about what Michigan has to offer for him in his future, you know, just as a student and as a young man and, and developing. Uh, becoming something great. So, guy, and when I tell you the family likes Michigan, I talked to Dante, his brother, I talked to his mom. They like Michigan a lot. So, only thing holding me back from putting in a crystal ball, he hasn't been to Michigan yet. Uh, but I can tell you in, in class circles, there's a lot of confidence in Ann Arbor about where Michigan sits with Zeke Berry. Uh, again, I, I just, I can't put my crystal ball confidence up to that level with him not having been here before. But I I can see why. I could see why being out there, why folks in Michigan circles are feeling so good about this. And he is, he would be a huge addition to the class. So uh, of course you gotta, you gotta finish with a grand finale, right? You gotta hit a crescendo. And so I mentioned that while I was out in LA, man, it was a harrowing trip trying to squeeze all that in new Orleans on a Thursday Watch a game that Thursday night. Fly to San Francisco Friday morning. Make it out to Zeke Berry's game Friday night. Watch the Michigan Northwestern game Saturday morning out there. Catch a flight to L.A. in time to talk to Monty Jackson. Flight was delayed. Thank you, Delta. Flight was delayed, so I wasn't able to get to the game until five minutes into it. But I was able to run into Devonnie some still. Uh, and talked at length to his dad, Randy. So we got some intel. Some that I will share here on the podcast. Some that we will share over on the MichiganInsider.com. So one of the things that I want to know, look, he's been on a couple of visits now. They came under the lights. What else do you need to see from Michigan? What button do they need to push? What else do they need to hit to impress you and impress Damani to the point of getting him to flip to Michigan. This is Randy. Absolutely nothing. They've done it all. They've done all they needed to do. You know, it's Damani's decision to make. Uh, so he didn't say that he flipped. Let's be clear. He didn't say that he flipped, but he said that Michigan has made its case. Now, they're watching to see how things go on the field. You know, how does Michigan finish? You know, they, they watch all the games anyway. So, you know, it. I do think it matters how they're looking, and they're looking good. Even though them losing the last game, uh, they're looking pretty good. And so, we, I, you know, I get into great detail about the timeline for USC getting a coach and the timeline for that coach hiring a staff and how that might impact his decision. 
you know, he was pretty candid, pretty candid about that. You can look for that in the story. But one of the things that I'll share here is another big, big deal. You guys remember when he was up here for the Wisconsin game last year? He was on the verge of committing. We, I think we've said that on the podcast before. Mom had him pump the brakes. She didn't want him making a, uh, uh, an impetuous, you know, sort of spur of the moment, heartstrings decision. Wanted him to wait. And so, you know, the speculation was, I'm not saying that this was the case. Speculation was, eh, you know, maybe mom's Buckeye ties are, are influencing this. Now, Randy always said that's not true. Say he's Damani is her son before she's a Buckeye fan. Now, she is a Buckeye fan, but it's not going to get in the way of her supporting her son. And so, yeah, that's, I always said that that wasn't uh, a roadblock. But I did want to know, you know, there's there's it's one thing to support his decision. It's another thing for her to like Michigan herself. And so I, I asked Randy that point blank. And so here here's that exchange with Randy Jackson about mom and how she felt on the Michigan visit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, with, you, I'm with you face to face now. So I know how you feel about Michigan. Right. It was going to be always going to be a, a different thing. Like you said, blood is thicker than water. Mom is going to support her son no matter where she goes. But that's not what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you would she support the money. Right. I'm asking you, when she went to Michigan, did she have the feeling for Michigan? Did she get an appreciation for Michigan? Yeah, she did. That's why she was there. Yeah, she got appreciation for Michigan. And she, I mean, it was a eye-opening for her, and she um, had a different respect for him. You know, but she's going to respect, and she's going to support her son. Fellas, look, Michigan is in good shape here. It's about closing it out, Bryce. I don't know how you feel about, you know, Damani. You know, it's a tough one, man. I I do think that he has some heartstrings out there on the West Coast. They are going to visit Bama. There's a Bama visit still coming. And that is not to be poo-pooed. But at the end of the day, I do think that this is going to come down. I think it's going to come down to Michigan and SC. And I'm not crystal ball yet uh, because, you know, USC can make a hire that, that wows them. But I just don't think they're going to do it in time, Bryce. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing considering USC with him is what happens with Dante Williams? Is he yeah. going to be on the next staff? You know, because he's not going to be the head coach. That's pretty clear, I would assume. Um, but will he still be there? And that relationship, we talk about relationships, especially with Damani, you know, and his family. That's one he's had for such a long time, and one of the main reasons he even committed to USC. It's that strong. So if he's gone, I'm not saying I'd put a crystal ball in because there's other factors. He's obviously looking at Michigan, and he'd still look at USC or still be committed there. And obviously Alabama's always going to be in the mix, but that would push me a lot closer to putting that crystal ball into Michigan. I mean, that would make a big difference there. Um, but no, Michigan's done, I, in my opinion, everything they really can do, Sam, at this point. And so at this point, you just got to keep building, keep winning. And at that point, I hope USC keeps losing and at, see what the new head coach hire brings and see, you know, where the cards fall. But no, Michigan's knocked out of the park with their recruiting effort with Damani and his family. And I feel really good about where they're at right now. I wouldn't put a crystal ball in, but I feel really good where they're at right now. Steve, how are you feeling about the Damani Jackson recruitment? Just seems like every like it, things just keep keep trending in Michigan's direction. Feels like it's been a slow burn 
in that regard, but it just, remember, I, I just, what I always go back to is the conversation we had after we committed to USC and we said, we thought it was a good, it was maybe a good thing for Michigan that he committed to USC when he did. And that was before we even knew how badly USC would look on the field this year. You know, you add just the absolute uncertainty around that program right now. Uh, Michigan playing at a high level, uh, despite the loss, like still top 10, still in control of their own destiny almost uh, as far as the college football playoff goes. And and also uh, past defense has been really, really good with guys that uh, Clink scale didn't even recruit. So I got to think Michigan, you know, it's, it's, I just wait. It's, it's really, for me, it's always been about when is, is he going to tell Michigan? Can he actually tell Michigan? No, it just, cause it, it that's even without the will. Right. Connection too. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's that, there's that connection that's always been really maybe at the end of the day, if he does flip that, would that's what we would look back on and say that was kind of the key to keeping things all going along for months and months while he was committed to USC. Um, but at the end of the day, kid grew up with Michigan stuff in his bedroom. He's got an opportunity to play probably immediately at Michigan alongside his, his, this best friend kind of guy that he's developed this relationship with throughout the, the recruiting process. And uh, also I saw, I just checked for the heck of it. Uh, Alabama's got one, one cornerback commitment. They're the crystal ball favorite for five-star Denver Harris and top 100 Earl little junior. I mean, probably uh, favorites, clear favorites for both of those guys. Of course they'd take Damani Jackson. If Damani <laughs> Jackson went in, right. wanted in, but you know, who knows when those guys are going to drop, you know, and, and, and again, Michigan's just made him such, it's hard for me to imagine that Michigan has not made him 10 times the priority that Alabama has just because Alabama can just kind of at the end of the day, say we're Alabama. You can play for us if you want to. Otherwise we're fine. You know, with Michigan, it's like, this is, it's way more important for them. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. So, Hey, this is how you come back, right? If you're going to come back after a, you know, a one week off from the podcast, you got to come back strong. I hope you think, we came with the fire because I think we came with the fire. Uh, but I feel like that after every podcast. I think we got the best team around. Uh, I think you see that with the crew that we have. I think you'll see that with who we're adding to the crew. Now, Alejandro is the absolute truth, a grinder, a scoop getter, uh, a guy who loves loves covering Michigan. You know, it covered it at the Michigan Daily. He you know, the only negative, guys, and I don't know if you picked up on this. When I was talking to Alejandro. I said, man, you covered Michigan football 14-15, covered Michigan hockey 14-15, covered Michigan basketball 14-15. Those weren't good seasons, fellas. I mean, it just felt like he was a little bit of a jinx. And he said, I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't take that with me to Costa Rica, which, which is where I found him. I said, okay, well, Fine, you leave that behind you in the jungles of Costa Rica. He said, I promise you that. He signs his deal, and then Michigan loses to Michigan State. I mean, I'm I'm feeling a certain kind of way. But that, if that's the only negative that he might have some bad juju, guys, then, then I'll take it because I think we, we just made a big addition to the staff. Super excited. Uh, I call him a grand slam hire. The big, you know, him and Zach have a ton of experience working together. I know Zach's excited about Alejandro joining the team as well. And uh, yeah, from the team coverage standpoint, I'm really, really excited to see uh, what he brings us. Cause the other thing I know about him, super enthusiastic too, about it covering the program and, and the uh, Michigan in general. So, you know, I think that'll shine through 
both in, in his writing and uh, when he's, you know, interacting with users on the board and stuff like that. So yeah, no, couldn't be more excited. I think, I think there's no doubt in my mind, I think we got better. And uh, you know, again, can't wait till January 1st for him to, to officially join the team. Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to see, cause you know, Bryce is a, is a, an attention getter on Twitter. Like, you know, Bryce makes some interesting tweets. He, he sort of uh, is, is the comic relief at times. I think Alejandro might give you a little run for your money. In terms of the Twitter hijinks there, Bryce. Yeah, he might have me beat there, but he ain't got me beat one on one in basketball. So <laughs> people that's fun. <laughs> he he can take the comedy award with Alan True. He can take those two can walk away with that award. That's fine. I'm not worried. I got you. Well, folks, again, if you are on the MichiganInsider.com, get signed up now. A dollar gets you in at a time where things are really, really, really about to heat up and our coverage is gonna be better. Than ever, a lot coming even from this podcast that we just previewed. So you can look for all of that and more coming up on the site. Uh, and then, of course, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, whatever platform is their flavor. They can find the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Just search Michigan Insider Podcasts and up it will come. And thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.